Who gives a who? We do. Welcome to Who Gives a Who, and it's because we do. Yeah, you heard it right. This is our second episode, Pure Score Light, here with my co-host Luke. And on the ones and twos, we've got the best full name in the business, Patrick Tyler Overmeyer. Luke, how are we feeling today? Doing fantastic. You're just ready for a new episode. Well, I'm ready for a new episode and new year, man. <laughs> new, new you. Yoon Yun. We are ready for this to go forward. We're in the 2020, and we are ready to see all of what Union Omaha has to offer this year, and we're ready to take home that cup. Some people are saying 2020, the year of Union Omaha. Some people are saying. Well, I, I just hear that they've changed the uh, the calendar, you know, showing that 2020 is the year of Union Omaha. <gasps> Going forward, it will be known forever as the year Union year. Omaha year. Uh, so we've had so much outpouring uh, of support. We have so many fans. It's just been, for me, we're just two, we're three guys just making a lonely little podcast in the Council Bluffs Public Library. But for how many people are listening, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening. There's so many other podcasts you can listen to. But, you know, last week we gave you guys kind of an assignment. You got to give rate and review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. You can say whatever you want, but you have to get five stars in order for us to read it. So let's get started with the reviews. Uh, first off, we have Miko Suave, who gave us five stars. Thank you so much. He said, great first pod uh, with a lot of good info. I I mean, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was okay info. Yeah. And then he seems says, it. he seems like they have great chemistry so far. Uh, Luke, this is our fifth time meeting in person. Yeah, is maybe. I mean, is my mother was body? a high school chemistry teacher, so maybe oh, that really? helps. Oh really? Like, maybe. Oh really? Yeah. If you could name, can you name ten periodic elements right now? Let's do five. Probably five. not. Yeah, neither could I. So no. we're really bad at this. I don't even know if that's chemistry. But then this is where Miko Suave really loses our podcast. He says, "This needs is really less where Chelsea takes up with me." He says, "Needs less Chelsea." I, I, I don't as. As a Chelsea fan, and I know Luke's a Chelsea fan, and I know Pat's a Chelsea fan. It's just, so you want to get rid of all of us, or? No, he, he's really just asking to tone down the Chelsea thing, which I, I can wholeheartedly agree really? with. Well, Miko, um, don't listen to the interview, because we do mention Chelsea a couple. We, not me, we. Yep. Listen specifically <laughs> the last 10 seconds of it. Um, and then the second, um, the second review is from Coach uh, Tosa. Uh, he gave us five stars, and he said, can't wait for more. Well, here you go. Great to see Union Omaha have such passionate fans following before even the roster has even been announced. Looking forward to following the team and listening pod. Thank you for doing it, you guys. Thank you for listening, honestly. Like, this is just uh, kind of a side project for us. We're really big Union yeah. Omaha fans, and we're having such a blast doing this. I mean, it's been sure. super simple and super easy to do. But uh, with that, we've also had people commenting on Twitter and sending us in our uh, email and you can find all of that information on our Twitter for questions on the podcast. So let's get into it. Uh, the first question comes from Chris Headley who says, 
what game are we dreading the most as a team? Personally, I'm dreading North Texas. Luke, what do you, what do you think? What game are you least looking forward to? Well, no, I've been paying attention to the MLS draft. Uh, well, sorry, yeah, yeah. super draft. Super, it's, it's not just a draft. It's, it's a, a it's a super, super draft. draft. They have it's 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 a super great draft. That's why they had it on YouTube for free. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, <laughs> no super. It was super. Uh, but a lot of those teams have two sides in USL one, which you know when OCB um, Orange or sorry not Orange County Orlando City B mm-hmm. is drafting a six foot two 220 pound striker who looks fantastic i looked like, at his highlights he, looks like a oh, perfect he's number a nine beast i mean he is a beast and he looks like a type of guy that could quickly develop in a half a year and then move straight up to the mls after getting his, oh, after getting used to the yeah i just hope that's not over the bones of omaha yeah. Uh, at the same time, you have Robbie Robinson, who was drafted first round, first pick, right. draft by Inter Miami. But he's gonna go straight to. I think. Oh, gonna, I. I thought he was just gonna go straight to the league. I, what I, I saw. think he's gonna get some finishing, and probably in that first game of the season against Union Omaha. Yeah. That's gonna be a challenge here. You know, we're we're looking at this guy who. To me, based on his interviews, based on his uh, tape, seems like he's the Terminator. Like I am, Arnold Schwarzenegger's got nothing on this guy. I am uh, scoring goals. Like I am playing soccer. No, when you have no emotion, <laughs> talking to David Beckham, <laughs> like the, you, yeah. you got something to work on. But it. I, I am worried about our boys going down there and uh, and challenging him for the first game of the season. Um, hopefully, he's not there. Hopefully. North, North Texas, personally, Worry. for me, for me personally, it's definitely North Texas. I mean, they really? got everybody coming back. They just re-signed the MVP, the Golden Boot. They've got everybody coming back, and they were so tough. But the only thing that North Texas struggles at is geography. They did. They did you see this? So they posted a video where they like they had a, the names of each team on there, and they're like, "Oh, guess what team this is?" Right? Without, and they're like. Uh, here's here was the clue for Union Omaha. What's the capital of Nebraska? And then he guessed Omaha. Wait, wait, it's not Omaha. Some, yeah. Oh, who, who <laughs> didn't know that? <laughs> then I tweeted it out, and I'm like, wow, they really struggle with geography, and I got chirped because what are you talking about? That's basic geography, Luke. Basic. Well, you know, uh, not no being, comment. Not being from Nebraska, it's I, I understand. I understand their confusion. You know, Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska specifically, had to steal it in a blizzard. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Fun fact there. Fun fact for all of you non-Nebraskans. But uh, as someone from Iowa, I understand. It doesn't seem really important as Nebraska capital. (laughs) The, The thing that I look forward to is when North Texas comes north to Omaha there's going to be some good banter when it comes to those guys right in front of our goal cuz i'm going to want to make fun of them for not knowing geography i'm that's like uh, we should just we should just have a, a big we should just have a big tifo we should have a big tifo of the state of nebraska and we're going to put omaha and then we're going to put lincoln this is the capital this is where your dreams come to die just thinking off the top of my head I, that's a pretty a, good tifo 
as a guy who went to the University of Nebraska Lincoln, I understand that's where your dreams go to die. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Omaha. Is oh, where the no, dreams no, go sorry. to die. Dream, sorry, that's sorry. Because they I have dreams and then they come to Omaha and then oh. they die because they lose because we win. That was the okay. Well, I, I, after we'll the show, I, well, after the show, remember that whole chemistry thing? We still. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Iowa, Nebraska. Sometimes it's a little bit like oil and water. It's very much like oil and water. So for the next three questions, we're actually going to kind of put them together because Jeremy Connor, uh, Jeremy Tusa Connor, and Dustin Simmons. Jeremy, if I'm messing up your name, gosh, I am so sorry. I'm I can't read. Oh well, Jeremy's the one who gave us a five star review. Yeah, so no, let's. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, I owe you. I owe you. Just remember that. But anyway, they all kind of ask the same question, and it's all about numbers and Union Omaha, uh, Union Parliament entries, and how many fans that we have. So uh, Jeremy asked, what's a good number for season tickets for Union Omaha? And for me, it's any. Like, if we, if we get one, that's great. It's just building the program up from scratch. We've got nothing. And building that up, for me personally, anything's a good start. But what's the numbers on it for right now? Well, Pierce, I, I agree with you. One is more than enough for me, but we're looking at per the front office as of Tuesday. What was that? The the eighth. Yeah, something uh, like that. Um, we're Date. eleven eleven <laughs> hundred season tickets sold, which apparently is beating the USL one. Uh, yeah, metrics no. right now. That's exactly uh, what Matt talked and about. Seven to eight hundred additional deposits that uh, have not been reached out to convert. Yeah, like that is huge numbers. That's looking at almost two thousand season tickets filling those stands of a nine thousand seat uh, stadium. You can tell and you can feel in the community uh, that it is growing and it is starting to get momentum. For sure, and it's January three months before the season even starts. I mean, that's what's so crazy is that there's this momentum coming and coming. But the best part is that I think personally with all this momentum is that we can start building this momentum all throughout the schedule. But in that last part of the season, we have seven out of our last eight games at home. And that's where we're really going to start building our brand as Union Omaha. Well, as I feel everybody in Nebraska and Iowa knows, September, October, the best time of the year to go to a game outside. Yeah. Because that is the perfect weather. That's the perfect time that our boys are going to be winning some. No, they're going to be winning the ship. That that's yeah, just, that's just we're, it. we're putting it there. Some people say September twelfth is going to be the best day of twenty twenty. Shout out to my uh, fiance because that's when we're getting married. Shout well, to, you shout know, out to that. Uh, we'll be live streaming that. Uh, uh, are we? Oh crap! Uh, yeah, crap. It, uh, it, Connor, his fiance doesn't know yet. Yeah, she doesn't know. She. <laughs> But she's not going to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> Who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Connor asks, uh, are there going to be, is this going to be a rowdy supporter group? Are there going to be any pyros? Is there going to be any smoke bombs? Now, I, what do you think? Um, so as far as the supporter group goes, um, you just got done at a bar watching a Liverpool game. And, and we experienced... Well, no, I, I got done at a bar watching a Bayern game. I stayed for the Liverpool game. Uh, well, let, let, let's clear this let's, up. Let's clear it up. Okay. Okay. Happy that Liverpool can finally win the Premier League. I just want to put All that right. out there. But anyway, uh, so when you when you look at when because you and I have both experienced how Omaha fans are with their European teams and they're starting to and now they're really taking Union Omaha seriously already from the start. What do you feel like that atmosphere is going to be like at a Union Omaha game? 
I feel like Omaha is going to give us, and Omaha soccer slash football supporters are going to give us an edge over yeah. any team. They are some of the most passionate, most considerate fans. That being said, they're bound to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a 6.30 game in the morning for, you know, your Liverpool supporters, yeah. your Crystal Palace supporters, your Arsenal supporters, your Tottenham supporters. Right. That's that's not an issue. They're yeah. there. They're, uh, you know, drinking your beer at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. And so I, I don't th- doubt we'll be rowdy. No, I don't doubt that either. And I also think a uh, little clue into the Pyros question I'm going to have to say I would think that there is going to be things in the section that are going to be a lot of fun, and I don't think we're allowed to comment on if there's going to be pyros, but I think I, I just did. I have heard, <laughs> I have heard uh, team owner Gary Green say from his own mouth that he would like to be the first person to light off a smoke bomb at so, that yeah, first I goal. I, I think we're going to have a I, lot of fun in those. I have maybe heard that the team is... Mm. Fully supportive of providing their own pyrotechnics. Yeah, I think I heard that too. I think we're in the same meeting. Uh, it may, it may that have may been or may not you. have been said. But if I don't, I also don't want to confirm it because if USL one listens in and then like some podcast that used to have a team like in Michigan or something Ooh. like that hears this, Ooh. they might report us because they don't like us because they want to be us. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Uh, they're, they're a little bit jealous of could you uh, imagine, logos. But could you imagine having a podcast for a team and then next year they're gone and then still keeping on with the podcast? But hey, that's neither... I mean, no big deal. I mean, it, it would be like a mushroom slap to my face. Sort it would of thing. Be, it'd be embarrassing to have that type of podcast. But hey, no big deal. Uh, but yes, Connor, I believe that the... We are going to have pyros. Uh, then Dustin asks, uh, how are things looking? Just a simple question. Just how are things looking? Well, I we were both out there talking to uh, CEO yeah. of Union Omaha on Tuesday. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that on the other side of the interview. But from, but, but from what we saw, it's it is going to. So my initial thoughts was that it's going to be a baseball stadium. It's but after looking at it, we'll talk about we'll talk about it more after the interview. But it's going to look pretty nice. No, uh, I'm blown away by how everything is going to look. Um, you know. I feel, and especially if you tune in next week, we're going to be looking at State of Union and <sighs> give you a spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. State of Union looks good. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, and then Slick Vic asks, when will the roster be announced and when will the kit drop and how many sponsors will be on the kits? I think you're going to have to tune in, Slick Vic, because we have some things lined up in the future. Some interviews. We have some... We have we have some tricks up our sleeve, and I'm looking forward. To, I think you're going to be very excited about what the kit looks like. I think you're very excited about what the roster is going to start looking like. What do you think? Uh, insider info is giving me that the kit exists, yes. but the sponsors are still being worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, the kit looks slick. Yes, it does. Know. It looks real slick, nice. Vic. You're going to appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> uh, you know, it, we're we're not going to be coming out with the craziest kit known to man. We're we're not going to be coming out with you know worldwide winning mm-hmm. kit, but we're coming out with something that's going to present our boys in the best light possible. And you know, when we're standing on top of that pedestal, when yeah. we're winning that cup. We are going to look good. It's going to look good. And like as we've as we've experienced so far with this podcast, I think 
that this Union Omaha brand is building in the right direction with the right thoughts in mind. And I think that you'll be able to tell in the interview with Matt, the COO of Union Omaha, that they are really caring throughout each and every single step of the process, what the fans are going to experience, what what they want and what they don't want. And they're taking in throughout the whole entire process since, since day one, your thoughts, my thoughts, Pat's thoughts, anybody's thoughts about what the badge should look like, what the kits should look like, what they want, what type of play they want. And it's just been interesting to see all of that. So going on to our last time before the interview, uh, U.S. Open Cup, what are your thoughts about it? The U.S. Open Cup thoughts, uh, the U.S. Open is going to be coming up here. Uh, it, when's the draw? It's up in March, right? I, I think we'll find out our, um, we, we enter in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, right. We'll find out end of January. I think January 29th is when we right. poll who we're playing uh, for that second round. How fun would it be if we got a home U.S. Open Cup just just in the first round? I mean, that would be a cool experience for the boys. Uh, the way tradition goes with U.S. Open Cup is you play the lower division team at their stadium. Mm-hmm. So that first round, we may be looking, based on regionality, look at playing a Des Moines Menace. Which would be just an absolute awesome, awesome no, game. For I, I'd love to see the Union Omaha so cool. boys uh, go to Des Moines. Uh, that would be fantastic. We may also be looking at a Minneapolis city, which would be which cool. That is one of the best non-professional teams in the country. You know, fantastic club, great work there. I'd love to see them in April. But if we win that game, we're coming home. That that is the the chance that we are looking we at, and we might game. be playing. We get a little bit of Sporting Kansas City. Get a little bit of. What do you think? We we may be looking at a Minnesota uh, MLS game here. We may be looking at a Kansas City MLS game. That would be in insane. Omaha. Insane. Even that, but, but I was thinking about it because it is going to be a midweek. Those U.S. Open games are midweek. How fun would it be to have that U.S. Open game in Kansas City and have us all travel down? Even though because I I mean I'm a big sporting Kansas City fan myself. I support I support them, but like. Even for me, to watch my club, the team that I've kind of helped build, because as a fan, as a fan supporters group, it's not just the front office that's built this team at that point. It's all of us. We've all built this team. How cool would it be to see a team that we've all built together take on Kansas City, a, a, a stadium we've seen on television, a team that we've seen win championships? How cool would it be to see our boys take those guys on? You know, it would be beyond fantastic to see... Union Omaha and the guys we're bringing up uh, from college, from other USL teams, uh, from internationally, mm-hmm. what we're we're bringing. I would love to see them take on Sporting Kansas City or Minnesota. Right. However, I don't think we should travel for it, and I don't think we will. Really? I think that Omaha fans have been looking for that level of competition here for long enough. Yeah. We should bring that home and show the world what Omaha well, has to offer. I think so too. I, I think so too. But the interesting th- thought about that is if we do win the first round, which we're assuming a lot, I mean, that's a tough game. If whoever we play, it's still going to be a tough game. You know, MLS doesn't open until April 25th. We'd play them around right before the home opener. ML, they're still not get like, those MLS teams aren't fully ready yet. They're still well, we would we would have had our couple of games already underneath our belt. We could sneak in a win maybe. Uh, 
MLS's start or first home or first game of the season, uh, this being a leap year, it's not a fake date, uh, February 29th. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be Maybe, about yeah. a month ahead of us with our f- opening but also they could sleep on us. I don't know. We that there's I, still a lot. There's still a long way to go. There's still a long way to go. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves talking you, about the U.S. Open. You know Cup. me. I I love my SKC. I love um, SKC. And I I want to see our Union Omaha boys thrash them. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. But going on to what's going on right now, we're gonna kick it off. We're gonna throw it to Matt, the CEO of Union Omaha. A f- absolute fantastic interview. A lot of fun yeah. and uh, gives a lot of good nuggets about what we should be looking at. Yeah, Matt Hominoff was a fantastic interview, and I I hope you guys uh, pull as much out of this as we did. Yeah, great. You know. And uh, have, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> So we're here uh, with Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Who gives a hoot? We're pretty excited to have this interview. We've been Certainly looking are. forward. We've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. So let's just get started. What's What's your background in soccer? I guess. Uh, so after growing up in Rhode Island and going to college at American University in Washington D.C., uh, I took an entry level position with D.C. United way back in January of two thousand three. Um, and it was a great opportunity. I would argue that of all the cities in the United States uh, in the early 2000s, D.C. was the best one to be a new soccer fan. Um, and I wasn't a brand new soccer fan. I certainly loved the sport growing up. Um, but, uh, but the opportunity to be in the city where D.C. United was obviously already a strong brand, having won uh, three, of the four, three of the first four MLS Cups, uh, and RFK being the place at the time for the U.S. national team to um, to play its biggest games uh, was great for my um, burgeoning soccer uh, knowledge and passion and ultimately career. Left DC United in '09 uh, for an opportunity to spread my wings with a local agency, uh, but caught the bug uh, to get back into it very quickly. Um, and uh, and moved my then young, very young family up to Edmonton uh, at the okay. end of 2011 uh, to take the assistant GM uh, role with FC Edmonton, who at the time were playing in the NASL. Mm-hmm. Um, great experience. We yeah. loved Edmonton. We really did. Great um, city. Incredibly welcoming community. Uh, we fell in love with it, and we were really ready to settle there. Uh, but my um, my wife is originally from Des Moines. Uh, and mm-hmm. if there's one thing I've learned, it's when your wife's hometown team offers you the GM job, take it. You get on the plane. <laughs> uh, so end of 2012, uh, moved everyone down to Des Moines, um, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, five uh, five very successful seasons, both on and off the field, um, multiple division championships and playoff uh, appearances. Um, just an overall great experience in Des Moines. Some lifelong friendships. Um, and uh, just a great opportunity overall. Um, uh, the, um, the opportunity to learn from some of the very best in the business, uh, both in Des Moines and from the USL overall, in what was then the PDL, what is now USL League Two, um, were something that I think uh, set, me, set myself up very nicely for the opportunity here in Omaha. Uh, so um, when, uh, when the opportunity came up here with what was then USL Omaha, uh, the uh, it was just simply too good to pass up because as much as I love the opportunity in Des Moines, fundamentally uh, the menace are an amateur team. Uh, yep. They're not always referred to or thought of as an amateur team, 
But at the end of the day, you're still talking about players that are uh, that come and go right. in less than nine weeks. Right. And so here we are. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, it clearly illustrated your very vivid uh, soccer history professionally, but as a little bit more more fun. Uh, what's your favorite memory related to soccer? Ooh, great question. Um, so I'm going to go with August 1999, the beginning of my semester abroad in London. Uh, actually took a um, one of those quick hop flights down to Barcelona. Mm. Barcelona versus Espanol Ooh. in August of 1999. I paid more for that match ticket <laughs> than I did for all of the other tickets that, for the rest of that semester in Europe, which, was, which is saying something. And I had terrible seats. <laughs> I was very high up above... Uh, the goal that Barcelona was defending in the first half. The front line, I'll never forget, was Rivaldo, Patrick Clauvert, and Ronaldinho. Uh, no, excuse me, Luis Enrique. Okay. This was well before Ronaldinho. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So Luis Enrique prior to him yeah. moving yeah, to yeah, Real Madrid, yeah. of course. And it was it was a bad first half, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Espanol just packed it in. Um, Barcelona, so I was behind the goal that Barcelona yeah. was defending in that first half. And I'm thinking, you know... You know, thankfully Barcelona is going to be shooting at my goal in the second half. It's got to get better. Yeah. Well, right before halftime, Luis Enrique gets in a fist fight with one of the Espanol defenders, <laughs> all fun. matching red cards, and the entire second half of that match was played ten v ten. Oh, that's fun. Rivaldo and Clavert went nuts. Rivaldo had, <laughs> I think it was two or three assists and a goal, uh, and and it was insane. And they they blew him out three zero. Little did I know. That years later, searching for the video on YouTube, mm-hmm. the defender that, the Espanol defender that Luis Enrique traded punches with and got sent off with mm-hmm. was Mauricio Pochettino. Oh, would you know that? <laughs> oh, did, that's I, I had no idea at the time, uh, and I didn't figure of that out until yeah. years later. Uh, but that's the the magic of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it was an awesome experience, and I remember everyone leaving that stadium just so happy. Um, in the uh, in the fall of 1999, which, if I remember correctly, was their sedentary cen- um, celebrations, yeah. uh, special 100-year anniversary kits uh, that year, and and this was obviously well before the uh, the time of Ronaldinho, and, yeah. and certainly well before Messi. Um, so they've obviously had a lot of success since, yes. but at, at the time, I think that they were starved for a, a great performance, and they certainly got one that night. So then, going off on that question, I mean, outside of obviously Union Omaha, who's your favorite team? Is it Barcelona? I mean. I mean, in order to spend that much money on a game, you'd have to think that you're a Barcelona fan, right? I am definitely not a Barcelona fan. <laughs> uh, I, I certainly love Barcelona for what they do for the game and what their brand means to world football. Um, you know, it, it, at, at the heart, uh, I'm always going to be a local guy. So the team of my youth was the Rhode Island Stingrays, which unfortunately don't exist anymore. Um, I went over to London as a uh, first semester senior back in the late 90s and uh, really took to Leighton Orient, a team that was then playing in Division Three, what's now League Two, um, and uh, and spent less on the four or five matches there than the uh, the one Premier League match I went to, which was a 4-3 barn burner, uh, West Ham United over Sheffield Wednesday, oh, um, which was a That's phenomenal experience. That's a really experience. bizarre team. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I got to see uh, Frank Lampard and Joe Cole and uh, and Rio Ferdinand all play for West Ham United. Oh, geez. Um, but as as many of your listeners uh, certainly locally know, um, my team is is and always will be Tottenham. And I understand that's not going to make me a lot of friends. Yeah, not, uh, in, not with in me. some parts. Uh, but but I'm not going to hide it. 
uh, and I'm going to stick with uh, the team that I've now uh, supported for 20-plus years uh, because that was the fall of 99, and here we are uh, in January of 2020. Well, I hope that Union Omaha can win more trophies than Spurs. In the so, last do so do I. So do I. But, I mean, let's get talking about Union Omaha mm-hmm. now. I mean, there's a lot of expectations coming into this year. What are you foreseeing in our, and what are you most looking forward to this very first season? Rewarding the fans. Uh, the fans' support from day one, from May 1st, um, 2019, has been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, there is not a single example, certainly in League One, um, but really throughout the USL of a community of this relative size supporting the team from day one with as little as our fans have had to go on um, by necessity because of the infrastructure we had in place, um, because of the way we are set up, uh, the opportunity to provide them with massive amounts of information hasn't been there yet. It's coming, and it's coming quickly, uh, but for what we've been able to provide versus the support we've got um, to date has been nothing short of incredible. Uh, So being able to reward all of those fans that put their trust and faith and money uh, with us starting on May 1, um, where uh, we're now over 1,100 season tickets um, converted, uh, and another what six or seven hundred deposit holders that still need to uh, select a seat. Those are numbers that other League One teams can cannot even dream of, uh, and that includes our good friends uh, in Madison. Um, so again, this is the, I, I understand that this is not the opportunity to um, uh, bash anyone, uh, but the reality is is that when it comes to fans supporting their team and putting their money where their mouths are, we've got the lead right now. And I fully expect that we'll keep that lead uh, throughout the year. Sounds like one thing we've already beat Madison at and a few more to go. Just a couple more things. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As we here at Werner Park right now, um, thinking to our first games, what are we we going to be seeing um, as far as our practice facilities for our teams getting up there? I mean, this is clearly a baseball pitch that has to be turned every time uh not going to be practicing here uh where's our team going to be um practicing around and is there a set set facility that's going to be dedicated specifically to union omaha practice so it's a great question and unfortunately there's no simple or direct answer Uh, the reality is is we do have to utilize a variety of facilities around the omaha metro to make it work Uh, of course weather is a factor in preseason, uh, which is why uh, we plan on the majority of our preseason, at least the portion that we're in town, (coughs) being held at the Omaha Sports Complex, Mm -hmm. which many of your older listeners will know know as the center, uh, where we held two of our three um, open tryouts, Mm -hmm. excuse me, uh, an open tryout and then an invitational tryout. Um, So for indoor space, that's the obvious choice. It really is the only full length Mm -hmm. uh, indoor facility in the metro. Um, although there are other opportunities for various other spaces uh, that we could potentially use, but that's where we'll start off life. Um, It's also been uh, widely reported that our agreement with Nebraska State Soccer Association gives us access to tranquility, uh, both the new turf surface that they have out there, uh, where we held our very first open tryout back in November, uh, as well as any of the grass fields that we can ultimately make use of. Um, None of them are permanent solutions, Uh, but we will make them work along with potentially some others uh, to give our players the best possible 
opportunity to uh, to get fit and to compete on the field. So, uh, growing off of that, I mean, during a game, I mean, we're obviously playing on a baseball field. I mean, how is that? How are you guys trying to transform this into a you know a place that we can actually field a nice professional soccer game? What are you guys trying to do here? Uh, how much time do we have? So, uh, <laughs> Not so, much. <laughs> yeah, right. So the the short answer there is is that uh, a um, a consistent. Uh, pristine playable surfaces at the heart of everything we're doing. That's why we invested um, significant amount of money in a retractable mound. We're just the fifth team in uh, in the United States to put that in. Um, we saw what happened in Lansing last year. We see what happens at Yankee Stadium with NYCFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all due respect to those business models, that's not us. Uh, and that's not something we plan on subjecting our fans to. We absolutely believe that the single greatest... Um, part of a game is enjoying that experience with like-minded fans who are there for the same reasons you are, uh, and that's to support your team. Um, So we absolutely want the theater of the game, the theater of the match, to be at the forefront of everything we do. And the theater, a big part of the theater, arguably the biggest part, are the fans themselves. And whether we're talking about the parliament specifically, uh, behind the East goal, or the rest of the seating bowl in general, the excitement and energy and passion that those fans bring to what we do on a nightly basis uh, is at the heart of the atmosphere we're hoping to create here at Warner Park. That's perfect. As far as getting those fans out, is there a, you know, clearly we're not downtown Omaha, uh, which can sometimes cause a little bit of a challenge with those challenging off-peak day games, uh, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Friday, what do we have an idea of what time we're going to be expecting uh, play to be? Yes, uh, as of right now, uh, as of as of the this recording, uh, we're looking at every single one of our home games, regardless of night of the week, kicking off at seven p.m. local time, seven p.m. central. Um, so there there will be no conflicts with traditional work schedules, uh, no conflicts with um, with school schedules for the most part. Um, there is one. Uh, weeknight game um, off the top of my head in September, I believe September 23rd <laughs> that is technically a school night um, but we'll uh, we'll figure out a way to work around that and give uh, some of the younger fans uh, one of those sick notes that they can uh, <laughs> that they can utilize to, uh, to maybe arrive a little bit late the next morning uh, because that'll be a big one for us if I remember correctly that's our second to last regular season game yep. um, and, uh, and we're going to need every point we can get throughout the course of the season and in what is no doubt going to be a very competitive league table. Keeping on the scheduling topic, I mean, Forward Madison has a really big exhibition game coming up. Do we have any exhibition games that we're looking at? I mean, can you talk about that? Yeah, happy to. Um, you know, we, we shared from, uh, from very early on that we were targeting Sunday, July 5th. Uh, as one of uh, a minimum of two home exhibition games. Uh, So no problem uh, confirming that that is still the case. Uh, We absolutely are looking to bring in as big a Mexican opponent as we can. We know our demographics here. Um, With all due respect to all of the other teams around the United States uh, that feel that Europe is the be-all, end-all. And and I'm saying this as a big fan of European soccer. Um, uh, the, The reality is is that we know... Uh, that for this team to be successful, we need to appeal to all of Omaha. 
Uh, and if there is an opportunity to do so by bringing in uh, a Mexican brand, a Mexican team, uh, we absolutely will do that. So July 5th is the first one. Um, we are targeting either July 28th or 29th, either the Tuesday or the Wednesday at the end of that month for a second home exhibition game. Potentially against another Mexican team, potentially not. It really just depends on who's available um, and who makes the, the most business and brand synergy sense. Um, at, at the end of the day, there are some crazy numbers being floated around for European teams uh, and Latin American teams for that matter uh, to come to the United States uh, and to other um, soccer-starved countries, China, yeah. India, mm -hmm. um, every summer. Uh, you know, the, I, I saw an appearance fee by, uh, by Messi alone, not even Barcelona, just Messi, um, in the Far East a couple of years ago that just absolutely blew my mind until I realized they don't charge that without being able to get it. Right. Um, so if street. people are willing to pay for it, then okay, great. Yeah. Um, gouging our fans is not ever anything this club ever wants to be associated with. Yeah. So the, the thought process there is how can we provide the best of value while still making fiscally sound uh, decisions for the club for both the short and the long term. As someone who likes watching uh, Liga MX games and have seen both the positives of U.S. soccer against the Liga MX mm -hmm. side and the negatives, um, it makes me beyond excited to, to know that you're trying to get some of those teams in. Yeah. Um, it, getting to that, we're showing how competitive we can be on the world stage, bringing it back to League One, who do you uh, feel is our biggest rival going in? You've obviously got a little bit more behind the scenes knowing where our skill level is going to be. Uh, but So it, it's a great question. I think you have, to, you have to frame it in a variety of different ways in order to get to the true answer. If you're talking geographically, um, obviously Madison is the only team that we plan on having a bus trip to in the 2020 season. Um, it's just the reality of the geography involved. Um, so when our team travels there, when they travel here, it's a bus ride. Uh, it's the only time that neither the the players nor the fans, for that matter, have to get on an airplane realistically to go see the team play. Um, so I have no doubt that that rivalry will continue to uh, to blossom into one of, if not the best, in all of League One. Um, the on-the-field standard... Uh, has obviously been set by North Texas. Uh, they had a phenomenal first season. Um, they get tremendous support from FC Dallas in a variety of ways, both technical as well as logistic. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they um, are able to transition from uh, the this first season that they had in Frisco over to Globe Life Park. Um, they've got some scheduling challenges there yep. uh, that have been widely discussed and widely reported. Um, it, particularly, I think it's the month of August. I think I heard that they have six home games uh, in, in the course of uh, four weeks. Jeez. That's that's tough. Yeah, that's um, a lot. So so they're gonna they're gonna face their challenges. And of course, the question that every MLS reserve team has to answer is how much do you put a premium on success on the field when the true reason for that team existing in the first place is to provide player development opportunities for the yeah. first team. So if FC Dallas isn't doing well and needs to call up players yeah. during the course of the season um, for future considerations or whatever the case may be, how does that affect uh, what North Texas United is able to do on the field? Um, but that's, that's true for every yeah. uh, MLS reserve team. Um, so short answer to your question is, 
uh, for fan base, rivalry, um, and uh, and geographical considerations, Madison uh, for on the field standard, North Texas United. Glad to hear we're going for number one. I like that too. Now I wish I could talk to you all day long because this is this is an intoxicating conversation. But I mean, this is our last question. I mean. Union Omaha, obviously, first year, but you have to have like a five-year plan, so I'm going to ask you my favorite interview question. Mm -hmm. Where do you see Union Omaha five years down the road? Uh, With a trophy case that looks a lot more full. Than Tottenham uh, then, or, oh, like, wow. or like Chelsea? Wow. Or like, are we going to win Then it does League? right now. <laughs> <laughs> then it does right now. Um, and, and a fan base that is continuing to develop, to, to develop and grow and appreciates what the club means to this community. Uh, I, I continue to say that the process of um, coming up with not just the team name, but the logo and the colors and ultimately our crest was an incredible experience for all of us who were lucky enough to be involved because it enabled us to speak with and meet with fans of all different ages and and, um, and backgrounds and understand what soccer means to them and means to this community and how popular it is and how popular it's been for so long. Uh, and it's it's so great to hear these stories of multiple generations of fans who are now so excited to finally have a professional team that's here to stay and here to grow and that those uh, those parents and grandparents can now share um, the game that they, they love, that we all love, with those younger generations. Um, so what I hope and truly believe we'll see uh, in in uh, hopefully short a short amount of time are fans that truly appreciate what is being created right now. So to finish up, plug your pod. I mean, where can people follow you on Instagram, Twitter, and how can they connect with Union Omaha or Union Omaha? I mean, Parliament. Yeah, at uh, at Union underscore Omaha uh, is is always the best opportunity on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Instagram at, at Union Omaha. Um, I'm at uh, Union Omaha underscore COO, uh, Chief Operating Officer, uh, and we've got a, a full staff that, that loves to engage on social media as well. Um, we, uh, we're putting a lot into the website, uh, and it's, it's a slow but steady process, uh, unionomaha.com, and, and there's some exciting content that's going to be added there uh, over the next week or so um, that, uh, that hopefully the, uh, the fans will really uh, appreciate and get to uh, to wrap their uh, their heads around, um, and we're uh, we're deb- we just debuted our new YouTube channel as well. So there's a great recap of the final invitation only tryout, uh, which I know you guys uh, attended, and I'll thank you for that support. Um, and uh, and some exciting behind the scenes looks at the um, at the players that came out of that. Uh, at least one of which I think you're going to get to know pretty well over the next couple of months. See, I like that. I like to hear that. Well, hey, like thank you hear. so much for meeting with us and uh, taking time out of your day. And just a disclaimer, uh, this is not a Chelsea pod. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Thank you guys so much for listening to Matt. Matt was such a good interview. and He was so cool to talk to. No, he did not scare me one bit, did not threaten me with death at all. Yeah, the only time I felt worried was off camera when he was talking about how great Tottenham was. And then I was like, you know, I again emphasized that this is a Chelsea pod and, you know, Chelsea wins championships and Tottenham Tottenham um, puts pressure on. I, I feel this like th- this may not be a Chelsea pod <laughs> and... You know, a certain producer <laughs> might be... Uh, Patrick Tyler is a uh, AC Milan fan and an adopted Chelsea fan. That's what it is. Well, one of us will never be an adopted <laughs> Chelsea fan. I will say that thoroughly. Uh, 
And let, let's move on. Okay, so Troy L. Uh, asked, we decided to put this question on this half, on this half of the interview because it, it ties in so well with what we want to talk about. Troy L. asked, what, do, what will it be like playing in a baseball stadium? Can you go more in depth about the style of play, and does it change the tactics? Does Jay diff- play a different formation at home versus away at normal soccer pitch? Uh, what will it be like for us to play at a baseball stadium? That was interesting to talk to Matt about. Yeah, no, um, after... After the interview, we did a full tour of the stadium with Matt, and humble no, brag, humble brag. Uh, <laughs> but we we did find, you know, some points that we wanted to ask him about, especially it being the smallest allowable size by right. FIFA regulation right. for a professional soccer pitch. Which I thought was an interesting thought because coming into the season, that's going to change up tactics for anybody coming in. And it's going to change our tactics. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, like after the interview and after talking to Matt, I thought about it and I was thinking there. I sat there. If it's going to be a smaller, it's going to be quicker. It's going to be. I, I think that the game is going to be moving faster. I think it's going to be a lot more entertaining, with a lot more goals. That's what I felt was going to be. As someone who followed SKC very closely through mm. their uh, abysmal year last year, it was horrible. A um, lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. But watching. The success of NYC FC mm-hmm. uh, last year, who play in Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. a very small pitch, and right. did exceedingly well in the Eastern Division. Right. Uh, that leads me to believe that we're going to have an obscene home field advantage. I think so, too. Very small pitch, very fast pitch. You know, we're pulling in uh, Nebraska-grown Kentucky bluegrass right. to, to patch over that baseball field. No, we're not going to be looking at disadvantage because we're playing on a baseball field. We're going to be looking at very fast, very quick soccer. Yeah, you know, entertaining. Our, our, yeah, I don't think the fans are going to have anything to worry about, and I don't think the players for the home team are going to have anything to worry about. Right, and and going back to the fans and how it's going to be impactful. So when I first looked at the map, and I saw like when you see a visualization on a map, and you're just like. Man, those in what would be left field of Warner Park, those fans are a million miles away. That's completely not even worth going to the game. But after you stand on the field, after you stand in the stands, and you can see the vision that's going into it, yes, those are bad, technically bad seats, but they're still good seats because they're right behind the bench. And they're going to be, and you're going to be able to see the game from anywhere in the stadium. I think that Warner Park as a baseball stadium, for being a baseball stadium, not being for a soccer stadium, is a really great game to watch a game. The Parliament is going to be sitting right behind the goal, which is a just, it's perfect. It is perfect. For sure. They've got a nice berm that is going to be very user-friendly, and it's going to be great. And I I know when people think of berm, they're thinking of single level. That's a nice curve there. Yes. It's going to be great for... If everybody if standing in the back, yeah, it's everyone's going to be able to seat. see your your shortest guy. If they stand in the back, is going to be able to see the pitch. Yeah, no, it's going to be great from a fan perspective. You know, everyone's going to be able to get their heckles in. I don't think there's yes. going to be a single lacking heckler. Yeah, and and there's going to be, and from what Matt told us, he was also talking. He walked us around the baseball park, and if you know anything about Werner Park, uh, they have a little, and if you don't, they have a little practice baseball field, like where you would play wiffle ball. They're going to turn that into a little ba- a little soccer field for kids to play on. It's going to be, they're going to have bouncy games. They're going to have everything, but it's going to be extremely user-friendly from ages 0 to 90. 
I think. I, I'd put it 99. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Include, no, I'm that sorry. 100, 100 right. might be a little difficult. Yeah, 100-year-old is going to really struggle. We're going to be looking at those families coming out, you know, Folks want to have a beer, watch some great soccer, but it's, those kids are going to be kicking in the seats. and They're going to have stuff no, to do. You've got plenty of things to do, uh, which is one of those trademarks of sports in America. It's going to be fun. But we're going to be looking at those fans who want to watch a good game of soccer, and they are not going to be disappointed. Yeah, I think, and I think for a team that's starting out like Union Omaha, I think having it be a deal where it is a smaller field and it is going to be more quick and fast and fast paced I think that's going to be able to attract a whole new different type of demographic that we didn't even know was going to be possible at the beginning of the year. Oh for sure and that 7pm start time for all those games is right, Matt broke here. Yep. Like, that's going to be great. It, it's Every, uh, As somebody who works 20 miles away from yep. the stadium that gives me enough time. Go home let my dogs out and, and then in. get out there and tailgate. time, yeah, perfect time for tailgating. Yeah, so that's another thing that Matt talked about. Every single league game at home will start at seven. With that exact thought in mind, every single there is no excuse why you can't get to the game. There's no excuse you can make it to the seven o'clock game. As somebody who's worked third shift, there is an excuse. Yeah, that's but fair. That's I, fair. I under I understand. Uh, well, the team has done as much as they can to make this team accessible, make this game accessible for everybody in the Metro. And I that makes me beyond ecstatic. Knowing that they're going to be pulling a couple of those exposition games with teams from Liga MX, it's, it's I, awesome. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, the uh, Clausura just started. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, getting some of the, a couple of those teams up here right. to... Hopefully, lose to Union Omaha. Yeah, right. Uh, I'd love to see a team from Mexico come up here and lose to us. That'd be fun. But my thing is, is that every single decision that they've made, like I said earlier, has gone into the thought process of including everybody and getting everybody involved and making sure that this is a very user-friendly team. And, and it's awesome. So let's get on to the next thing, events around Omaha for you guys to be a part of. Uh, if you're in town, if you're in Omaha, you can be a part of it. Also, I also want to know, I forgot about this, if you aren't here in Omaha and you want to be a fan and you happen to be in a state, let's say, randomly Michigan, or if you lived in, let's say, a random city in Michigan, like Lansing. If you're in, like, Lansing, Michigan, and you still want to follow a League One team, we would love to have you. Well, I, I mean, it's a random I, I feel I like, know uh, you know, maybe one. if your team is dragging on the ground, say, uh, Rochester, New York. Right. Um, Just random. You know, if you can't get a Rhino load this year. Right. We're here for you. We're here for you. And we will be t- live tweeting as much as we possibly can. I know the Parliament's going to be. So it's you're going to be able to feel that whole entire atmosphere through our Twitter and through the Parliament Twitter uh, throughout all, the whole entire season. But if you are a fan of a team that may or f- may not have folded, even though you had okay-ish results and okay-ish attendance, we would love to have you guys come aboard. And we're going to give you the experience of what Omaha is like. Yeah. And... You know, we're looking at this week coming up on the 16th of January, 2020. Uh, we've got a special event with team owner Gary Green, mm-hmm. head coach Jay Mims, and as the team phrases it, 
special special guest. guest. We're really looking forward to special guest. Yeah, I, I he's know, gonna be great. He's he's electrifying. I yeah. Hear. No, I hear he's uh, going to do certain things to this team that we have he's not gonna, seen to this special. point. He, some people say that special guest is special. Very special. That very special. I no. don't know who special. Yeah. I mean, no. Usually we are like usually throughout this podcast we've sounded like real big. Oh look at how cool we are. Now it's like. Yeah, we have no idea who special guest is. But if you tune in no uh, to that pod that's going to be releasing shortly after special guest comes <laughs> with our other special, special guest. guest. Yeah, but then uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But then what's going on on the 19th? 19th, uh, Union Omaha and uh, Omaha Parliament. Parliament are going to be doing a watch party with the Liverpool Supporters Club here in Omaha at Barchin uh, Bar in Benson. Mm-hmm. No, fantastic turnout there. I was uh, at the Liverpool watch party today. No, great turnout. Great uh, turnout. I'm really. Uh, they're all really excited to finally win the Prem. No, they they did some fantastic finagling against uh, uh, Rayados. Mm. Um, nice. It, it, to win that world championship. It was great. I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, really Can you happy. Tell in my voice. Really so happy for them. Really happy for them. I'm just uh, glad. I'm just really glad they didn't slip. That's right. That that was the, the out. Enjoy the, the dead the air. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. No, yeah, we. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, we'll be there along with Omaha Parliament and Union Omaha reps, uh, as well as Liverpool supporters. Uh, to kind of give you everything we can mm-hmm. as far as the upcoming season. But really, you want to kind of shoot for that 1-16, January 16th, uh, 6 p.m. at Corner Kick Bar. Yep. Uh, that's uh, Myself, Luke, and Patrick Tyler, the best full name in the business, will all be there for the meet and greet. Uh, I thought we he was saxophone. Pat, we don't, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Tyler over and I are the best full name of the business on the ones and twos. Uh, but yeah, and then coming up, our future podcast, we've got a great special guest that we're all re- like, we had got done with that interview with Matt and he was like, hey, do you want to interview? And we're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that'd be great. Is that can, possible? Can we? Can, can we? we? So <laughs> we're super like, we're, we're actually like giddy, like little children, like super, super giddy about this next interview where we're going to give you updates on the future of Union Omaha about what we're going to be looking into. But I just want to say thank you guys all for listening. This is, uh, this has been Who Gives a Who? Any last thoughts, Luke? Uh, yep. Yep. You yep. got it. You got it. That, yep. was the, that was the last thought. Yep. I mean, no. that was, that was the most... No, you stay classy, world. You stay classy. You stay classy. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe, to like, download, subscribe, unsubscribe, and then resubscribe and then download and then steal somebody's phone, download it, and subscribe to Who Gives a Who. Not Chicks Who Gives a Who, but Who Gives a Who. Uh, Pierce, where can we follow you on Twitter? We can follow me on Twitter at P-G-E-O-R-L-E-T-T-13 on Twitter. And we can you can follow Pat at uh, Coach Pat forty two. Did I get that right, Pat? Can you give me a thumbs up? He get, I got that right off the top of my head. Wow, his name is Hot Take Pat, by the way, on Twitter. And where can we follow you, Luke? Uh, Luke underscore Opperman at well at yeah at yeah at, at Luke. Opperman. Sorry, uh, I, yeah. I I'm new with the Twitter thing. <laughs> <laughs> Old but, man uh, here. Yeah, all uh, your, all your and game. you can follow us at 
WGAH underscore pod. Heck yeah, who gives a hoot pod, but uh, because we give a hoot, that's why. We do. We do. We do. We. 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 You and me, you you and I gave a hoot. But anyway, that's been the longest send-off I've ever uh, ever heard on a podcast. But thank you guys so much for listening in. And uh, who gives a hoot? We, we do. do. I think that's how you're supposed to end a podcast. <laughs> Is that how we end a podcast? <laughs>